name's Tim Lester, and I'm the moderator for our time together called The Following. Now, the Following came out of a, a Bible study that I do with a young dairy farmer in Waikato area of the North Island of New Zealand. We decided to study the book of Mark, and as you open the book of Mark, you realize that uh, of all the other synoptic gospels, the, the gospels that are fundamentally tell the same story the same way, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The Mark is by far the most uh, energetic. In fact, one of the words in the translation I use that comes up over and over again is immediately. Immediately they, do, they would do this and immediately they would do that. And so I began looking at the book of Mark in preparation for meeting with Gavin, dairy farmer. Um, and I came to verse 16. And it was a, a story that had always, in my youth as a Christian, had always uh, intrigued me. Uh, it was the story of Jesus going by the Sea of Galilee uh, and, and calling his first disciples. And you remember the story. He comes to James and John and he sees them there and he says, Follow me and I'll make you able to fish for people. And he goes on to the next two and says, Follow me. And in both cases, they drop their nets. They were fishermen. They drop their nets and... Uh, immediately leave with Jesus. And Jesus goes along and he picks up a few other people and, and finally he picks up Matthew, the tax collector. He says, follow me. And Matthew leaves his franchise tax business and follows Jesus. As I read that, something happened deep in my soul. It, it happens regularly, more regularly when I was pastoring churches and preaching all the time. When you just see something in a slightly different way, it shifts your paradigm and you can't unsee it. And the question that jumped out at me as I looked at that passage was, is there something more to those two little words than just a recruiting phrase? Jesus is closing like in a sales pitch. He was closing these guys to recruit them to be on his team. I think we're going to see that it's much deeper than that. In fact, it addresses some of the things that have been a bother to me for quite some time as I journeyed along with Jesus. One of the things that had challenged me was, how do we get from the Gospels to the Epistles? It doesn't seem like the same story. Jesus' teaching and, and, and what the Paul seems to be portraying is quite different. In my church experience, I would I would read the, the, the Gospels, particularly Jesus' teaching, find that the emphasis in the churches I was attending, and later pastoring probably, had drifted away from the essence of the teaching of Christ. One thing we don't do anymore is, is follow in driving. I'm from Oklahoma. Now, if you've ever been to Oklahoma, I tell people it's the, it's the place where during the creation, God drifted off to sleep. And it's just as flat as you can imagine in, in places and set out in a grid. So you can, you know, you go to some farmer and as I pastored a farm church in, in Oklahoma before we moved to New Zealand. And and uh, you say, where's so-and-so's house? And I say, well, there's four mile north and two mile east and four mile back north again. You'll see him there. Sometimes we just say, well, whoever knows the, the directions would go first and we would just fall in behind. And that was pretty good during the daylight hours, but eventually it became nighttime and you were not following a car anymore, but a, a red light. And the uh, the objective was to go and end up where the red light ends up. Uh, but you know how it goes. You're driving along and your attention gets taken from this and that. Your kids ask you a question or something happens on the radio in the, in the sports game you're listening to and suddenly that red light up there is shifted Somebody's gotten in between and, and they turn off ahead of you and you follow there and, and then now, now you're no longer following the same red light. You're no longer going the 
to the final destination. I think there's some aspects of Jesus' command to follow me that fit into that category. And I think that we have lost touch with the primary call of Christ on our lives, which is to follow him. That is to uh, mirror him, to mimic him, to seek in all of our lives the answer the question, what would Jesus' response to be to, in this situation? And then follow him. As we go through this discussion, we're going to see that uh, there have been times when the church gets off track. Periodically throughout history, people have come along and asked the question, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? What did Jesus mean when he said, follow me? Because we'll see that it didn't stop with uh, his admonition to the, the first disciples to follow him. He brought up the, the discussion all the way through his brief earthly ministry. He said, if anyone wishes to follow me, they must deny themselves, take up the cross daily and follow me. If anyone wanted to get in behind, they had to love him more than mother, father, sister, brother. You would expect that Jesus' disciples would be held accountable to respond to life the way Jesus said we should in the Sermon on the Mount. Yet I don't know how many times when I've questioned my friends about the Sermon on the Mount and our responsibility to it, that they're response has something to do with the social gospel and it's not our responsibility and we're to preach the, the gospel of the cross and but how is that following jesus well the following is going to be looking at what was birthed in those first encounters with the the first followers of jesus calling the following and i think we're going to see that all of us who follow jesus are on that following are participating in the following what i'd like to see us do over the next few episodes is to change the perspective of how we look at tr the, the truth that comes up to us from Scripture. That most of us look at the Scripture like a proscenium stage, like we're in the audience and, and the Scripture is being played to us like a, a Christmas play or, or some other religious um, adaptation of, of, of the, the Bible. It's coming to us from there. When really what we need to do is try to, if we can imagine just turn the proscenium stage around so instead of looking at what's happened, we're looking at from the perspective of what's going to happen. And we see and look and discuss the, the, the truth of our relationship with Christ from the perspective of what is Jesus doing in the future in his ministry. I don't know if you've ever seen the puzzles called something like WYSIWYG. And they're a puzzle that um, on the box there's a picture there's one picture box. There's a picture of a, a large passenger airliner and a group of people standing in front of the airliner. And your job was to assemble the puzzle pieces to represent what they were looking at, not them. So we're going to try to, in the following, we're going to try to take the, the scriptures and spin them 180 degrees and try to look down corridors of history, not back at what history has provided us, but down the future of, of the church uh, 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 the followers of Jesus Christ and see where Jesus was headed and see what Jesus' essential message was and what his disciples did. Because I think we'll, we'll, we'll discover that 11 of the disciples followed Jesus into martyrdom. He said, follow me, and they did. And I think we'll see that the rest of the New Testament is prepared to set us up follow Jesus. When Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. I used to preach that it had to do with the whole scriptures. But I think what Paul was saying was we need to get the words that Jesus said that drill witchly in us. In doing that, we'll be protectors of the following. So if you want to be part of our discussion, just uh, tick on the subscribe button and every time a new episode's put out, we'll give you the information right away. But again, my name's Tim Lester and 
This is the following. 